This episode was recorded on October 16th, 2021. Tyrus Raymond Cobb, not the Ty Cobb that defended Donald Trump, but the original Ty Cobb was born on December 18th, 1886 in Narrows, Georgia. He had a difficult upbringing. His father seems to have been a monster. And when he decides to go play minor league baseball, his father says, don't bother to return if you fail. So, loving. Yes. <laughs> but he ultimately gets to the majors. Because while he was playing for the Augusta Tourists, he sent a series of postcards to Grantland Rice, the famous Grantland Rice, under several pseudonyms, talking about how talented this young Cobb fellow was for uh, the Travelers. and That's some Lenny Dykstra energy right there. And Grantland Rice, who is, I don't know, decades from making his reputation, is clearly just mailing it in. In the Atlanta Journal, he wrote a note saying this young Cobb fellow is showing, quote, unusual talent. Cobb had not shown unusual talent. He had 237 that year. But based on the strength of Rice's article, the Tigers hire him. I mean, uh, bring, you know, assign Cobb for $750, which is about $20,000 today. I would like to point that out to people who talk about how, like, we have to take Cobb's 366 lifetime batting average seriously. <laughs> like, this is not a serious... Enterprise at this time. Like, if you send somebody a series of letters saying you're good, they'll say, oh, probably yes. And then they just bring you in. Have you ever seen that Futurama episode where uh, Bender is going for a role and he stands in the in the lobby and just yells, boo, bring us Bender. Boo, <laughs> bring us Bender. The last game. And uh, the guy in charge of hiring goes, oh, He's good, but I'm very interested in this Bender fellow. <laughs> it's like the same thing. This is like player empowerment before pre-modern player empowerment. <laughs> right. It'll be uh, right. Uh, Bill Simmons' great-great-grandfather. And, and Grantland was the namesake of his last yeah, vanity project. Although, although to, be, to be fair, he hated the name. Simmons did. Yeah, yes, Simmons he hated did. I, yeah. So he shows up on August 20th. 1912. August 30th, I'm sorry. This is a rough day for him because on August 20th, his mother shot and killed his father. Oh. Uh, this does not make many Ty Cobb lore. Jeez Louise. No. <laughs> yeah, that, so, that's actually uh, what, his, what the dad said <laughs> when the wife, when his mom so, shot him. Yeah, August 8th, three weeks before he, he, he makes his debut, his mother shot and killed the father. The rumor around town was that his mother was having an affair and her husband tried to catch her in the act by peering through the windows. That had been the rumor, which seems to be 100% true. I know that game. Because she shot and killed him and said, oh, she was alone and thought he was a predator. The only person who could have testified against this, of course, wasn't going to. Didn't uh and did, um, isn't this what Oscar Pistorius went to jail for? <laughs> well, yeah. Oscar Pistorius 
tried originally to kick the bathroom door open, but went shooting out the window. <laughs> so when he came back through the window, then he used he had to use a gun, um, <laughs> because of course he had blades. Anyway, the mother ends up getting acquitted in this, but Cobb seems to have been taken emotional strength from his father who he said because his father had always been so negative he said i knew my father was watching me and i didn't want to let him down so Cobb seems emotionally healthy this is this uh this is these would be red flags uh for anyone who needs to get into therapy yeah right yeah this is uh yeah this is a different lifetime as as we're going to see good call on the red flags it's a good Twitter thing. Yes. Because when he first joined the team, three weeks after his father shot his mother, the veteran players didn't like him and tried to get him to quit by doing things like he made his own bats and they would just break them all into pieces so that when he went to go up to bat, all his bats were broken. When he went to get dressed, his clothes had been doused in water and then tied in knots. So... So just being boys, being boys. <laughs> his manager, Huey Jennings. Not Gen- hazing. Not hazing. His manager, Huey Jennings, in the Hall of Fame as a manager, said, I let this go on for a while because I want to satisfy myself that Cobb had as much guts as I thought he did. Well, he proved it to me. So at some point, he tells the guys, please stop uh, tormenting the 18-year-olds. Good culture. <laughs> yeah. Good culture. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Snyder would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, DJ Durkin, right? It's, it's DJ, DJ Durkin, DJ yeah, Durkin the old, the from Maryland. Coach, it's yeah. like, yeah, this, who's currently on? Saban's staff. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cobb obviously flourishes in Detroit. Um, for those of you who don't know, he won nine consecutive batting titles. He hit 366 over his career. These are records that will never be touched in a million years. But the quality of play, as we're going to see, I have some doubts about. The Tigers are off to a bad start. They're 10 and 12. Cobb hasn't really started hitting yet. And they go to New York to play the Highlanders. This is the last year of the Highlanders. The Highlanders the following year become the Yanks. The, Yankees. the New York Yankees. Yes, good crack. They get to the game, and in somewhere in the third inning, a man by the name of Claude Luker. An assistant to the t- in a Tan Murray Hall law office arrives. He had said that he had a career of good-natured ribbing with Cobb. Cobb said that for many years he had been abusive. And he begins calling, again, doing what he calls good-natured ribbing. Cobb goes to the Officials at the Highlanders came and said, you got to get this guy out of here. They said, no, we will not. And then Luker yelled out that Cobb was biracial in the most offensive way possible, given Cobb's issues with his mother's fidelity and the fact he's from Georgia. This triggered him. By the way, there has been a recent move to kind of recover Cobb and say that he wasn't a bad person, despite the fact that literally everyone who knew him his entire life hated him, that he was a good person, and that he wasn't a racist. And all of that is insanity. And if you'd like to go on the internet and read 
some articles where they say, you know, Luker kind of had this coming because he should have known that racial insinuations against um, a Georgian, even for as a progressive person as Cobb, would be upsetting. So basically they're saying this guy who, this guy should have been more tolerant of Cobb's racism. He's saying that we have to, we have to view Cobb's racism as a given as opposed to a character issue. Got it. So Sam Crawford, Hall of Fame center fielder, turns to him when after he hears it says, you're going to take that? And Cobb jumps into the stance. And Luker says, Cobb struck me with his fists on the forehead over the left eye and knocked me down. Then he jumped on me and spiked me on the left leg and kicked me in the side, after which he booted me behind the left ear. Obviously, Cobb was in, you know, he's an athlete. People began shouting to him, don't kick him. He has no hands. Because Luker was missing one entire hand. And on the other hand, only had two fingers because he had lost them as a pressman early in his life. So Cobb is beating the hell out of a man who is incapable of defending himself. When he finds out that Luker has no hands, Cobb yells out, calls out, I don't care if he has no feet. What a weird thing to say. (laughs) Well, I guess because he's kicking him. He's saying, you know, I, I guess, you know. Anyway. Foot-to-foot combat. Right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Luker's boss, because, like, they had to clear him from, like, they had to get him out. Obviously, he's thrown out of the game. But he's not allowed to play the rest of the series because Luker's boss, who's Big Tom Foley, which is a great Tammany Hall name, yeah. former sheriff who just <laughs> somehow is in office at Tammany yeah, of Hall. He is says, folks in my district don't believe in a trained athlete assaulting a cripple. That's all. Which, okay. while we don't really like cripple as a term, there's something to be said for, like, I know the guy probably was out of line, but once you realized he had no hands, the fight's kind of over. There's always that joke, like, <laughs> would you hit a man in glasses? Like, would you hit a man without hands? And Ty Cobb is obviously yes. Maybe. Nice guy, this Ty Cobb fellow. Maybe Cobb just wanted to shake hands and make up, but then when he found out he couldn't, he just kicked the Mm. shit out of him, but Mm. I don't know. Unfortunately for Cobb, Ben Johnson was at the game. We have to understand a little bit about 1906 American League baseball. The American League had only existed for five years at this point. They claimed that they were a major league, but so had the Federal League said they're a major league. That the American League said, we are a major league. They had gotten the World Series in 1903, I believe, but they didn't play in 1904. And then they, well, played, they didn't play, they won. They didn't play in 02. Right, right. Then, so they, this, they're like kind of, it's not really a major league. And Ben Johnson's big thing is like, we have to make this a league of professionals because fighting during baseball games at this point was incredibly common. Just the way that 
murder and boxing was inc- fighting was incredibly common in America. Like it was just really common that umpires and players constantly got in fistfights during games, that people went into the stands. Johnson was here. He said, I'm going to make an example of Cobb, who he did not like, and he suspended him indefinitely based on this incident where he ran the stands and just beat the shit out of a guy with no hands. I mean, well-deserved. If you're going to suspend a guy indefinitely, that seems like the thing to suspend him for. It's a legitimate offense, I think. Yeah. Well, Malice in the Palace, how long were they suspended? Uh, I believe our test was the entirety of the year. Right. And that happened in, like, November. So it was yes. like 70 games or so. So the players on the team, series is over. They're going, they hear that Cobb is suspended indefinitely. Decide that they're going to side with Cobb, even though most people on the team do not like Cobb. Like, Cobb, traditionally, like, nobody liked him anywhere. And they get to Philadelphia, where they're going to play the Athletics. The repeating uh, World Series champions, one of the great teams of all time. So Frank Homer and Baker, uh, uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Athletics were a great team. And they show up, and the players had written a letter to Ben Johnson saying, if you are not going to protect the players, we have no choice but to protect ourselves. And that they're going to go on strike. The president of the Tigers, a man by the name of Frank Nevin, is told by Johnson that he's going to find them $5,000 for each game that they do not have a player. They do not, they, they forfeit. $5,000. Find the players or find no, the team? The, the team in 1906. They're going to find the That's team. That's a chunk of change. $5,000. That's a chunk. That's a lot of money. So, for, given that this is a not really a what, profitable organization back this then. This is what, 115 years ago, too? I mean, right. Jesus. Uh, 115. Well, we, we just found that 750 was 20,000. So you can do, you can do. I mean, those of you who, who yeah. can do algebra while you're listening to podcasts, I recommend you do it. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. 150,000. Right. 75 over 20,000. 750 over 20,000 equals X. Uh, uh, something over X. but 5,000 over X. But anyway. Um, like so he tells them, you're going to have to play this game. So Jennings, Huey Jennings, still the manager, goes to a sports writer, not Adam Schefter, and says to him, um, look, I need a team. Now, this is a Philadelphia sports writer because they're in Philadelphia. Jennings doesn't know anybody in Philadelphia. He said, we're going to need a team to play just in case. And no one go- turns to Alan Travers, who is an assistant manager at the St. Joseph's College team, also a seminarian and a violin player. And he helps recruit guys from his neighborhood. So, the game starts. Cobb goes out to center field. The umpires go out, say, you can't play, throw him out of the game. The rest of the team walks out with him. In comes this group. On the team is Alan Travers as the pitcher. The catcher is a coach of the Tigers, uh, Deacon McGuire, who agreed to catch only if the if Travers promised to not throw any fastballs because he wasn't sure he could catch them and he didn't want to get hurt. 
So Travers is stuck throwing nothing but curveballs and changeups. Oh, yeah, this is when, like, catchers didn't wear gloves, right? Like, they didn't I have think masks. it's early gloves. There's no masks. It's early gloves. Mm. Yeah, it's basically those mittens. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. They're playing, yeah, right. So no fastballs. The first baseman is uh, Joe Sugden, who's a coach. He's 41. Back in the day, time when the average life expectancy was, like, 51. Yeah, he's on the wrong side of his life. Right. Boxer Billy Maharg. He boxed under the name Billy Graham. He plays baseball under the name Maharg, which is Graham spelled backwards. We'll have more to talk about Billy yeah, Maharg. Yeah, is there a reason why he did this? <clears throat> Probably. Yeah. But I, it's not clear. It's because well, because Well, because he might have had some amateur status somewhere. Oh. Right, that's what caught Jim Thorpe. Like, they just... Guys had amateur status. And everybody comes out to play. Cody Mack, seeing this, doesn't change anything. He keeps his entire starting lineup. He has his best pitcher pitching. He did take him out after six innings and had Herb Pennick, a Hall of Famer, pitch three innings of relief and gets a save. They didn't have saves back then, but retroactively he gets a save. Maharg, by the way, is the only player. And this is a great thing when you talk about like 1900s baseball, early 1900s. Because it's such a small universe that, like, everybody just keeps bumping into each other all the time. He's the only guy who ever played another game. He batted again in 1916 and also went 0 for 1. So he, he was 0 for 2 in his career. However, he was banned for life from baseball in 1921 because he was the bag man that carried the bribes to the players in the White Sox scandal in 1919. Holy shit. Oh my so this, God. this guy, whose major league career consists of, he made an out, and on the first ball hit to him, he misplayed it. It hit him in the face and knocked all his teeth out. And so he had to come out of the game. Somehow managed to be banned from life <laughs> nine years later. Because this is baseball back then. There's a guy, the, wi- the Wild West of sports. Center fielder Bill Weinhauser, just a guy from the neighborhood, had a ball land on his head and bounced away. One of the nine errors charged in this game. Travers, who again can is not allowed to throw fastballs in the game because the catcher won't is told him he can't. Pitches eight innings. He walks seven, gives up twenty six hits. 14 earned runs, still a record for one game. 24 total runs, which somehow doesn't seem to be a record. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, Yeah, that's <laughs> what is that about? That must go back to the 1860s or something. And the game is over. The people in Philadelphia storm looking for their money back because they don't view this as a legitimate game. It's not. But it is a legitimate game because it counts in the standings. And this is the first strike in the history of Major League Baseball. All because of Ty Cobb beating the, the shit out of a guy <laughs> who had no hands? When, when, in great moments of labor history, what was the cause <laughs> of the first strike to support a guy who beat the shit out of a man with no hands is not going to be stirring? No, I, it's not something that's going to be told at the dinner table. <laughs> right. What does happen is Johnson Blakes because he can't have this farce going on. 
again, this league is just a couple years old. It's not really, it's accepted as a major league, kind of. But again, the Federal League, people were walking around talking about it. That lasted much longer than five years. It was a major league. Johnson's trying to keep this thing under control, and his best player by far is Ty Cobb, who was a monster. I mean, I'm looking at pictures of Ty Cobb while I'm doing this, and you see him leaping into catchers with his metal spikes, which he sharpened every day, in the catcher's crotch before cups were invented, and say, yeah, I don't know if i go out and strike for this guy. Like, I don't know, but but again. You didn't think Tommy Lee Jones played him with uh, <laughs> subtlety and nuance? <laughs> I did not see that movie. It's not good. <laughs> don't I, I, see it. <laughs> so, Johnson finds all of the players $100 who left. He finds Cobb $50 and suspends him 10 days, which basically gets him back to Detroit. Like, so he can come back and play home games. Yeah. Um, but the other players agree to finish the series. Um, and, but Cobb said at one point that there was so much discussion about a union that he kind of felt like he had one, even though they didn't. And we talked, Zach, uh, about your sister, my daughter, who wants to form a union, but just keeps taking all of her coworkers out and refusing to work if she doesn't get her way, if they don't get their way. I said, well, you don't need a union. You just keep doing this thing yeah. that unions kind of would just screw up. <laughs> you just keep leaving, just keep walking out. And they're just going to keep giving you more. Yeah. So the, the players won, and this inspired an ex-player and a lawyer, uh, David Frutz, to start the Baseball Players Federation, which is the first attempt at a union really since the Players League disbanded in the 1880s. It lasts about eight months. It was just too weak. And then the players just are under the gun until 1965 when, when Marvin Miller takes up. But this is the first strike in Major League Baseball history and I thought it was a story worth telling. I am. Labor history is so rich and interesting. <laughs> and the fact that this massive labor movement, the first of its kind in professional sports, happened because of racism <laughs> seems both like, I guess, a little fitting, but also just it. They didn't. No one liked him. But they still took this action with them. It's like, what were the other guys thinking? So, so uh, this guy who wrote this biography of Ty Cobb that won the National Book Award in it and has started the Ty, Bo Ty Cobb Apology Tour pointed out that Ty Cobb attended many, many Negro League games and would sit in the dugout during Negro League games. And also in the 50s said that, of course, blacks should be eligible to play. That's not the guy who existed wow. when he played, who spoke incredibly disparagingly about Babe Ruth by insinuating over and over again, for him disparagingly, that Babe Ruth is half black. 
that he used the same insult that he was given because he hated Babe Ruth because he thought that that's not real baseball. Hitting home runs is not real baseball. Real baseball is singling, stealing second, going to third on a ground mm-hmm. ball, and then and then coming home on a, on a short fly. We, we still have that debate today. That's kind of like the hot-button topic of the game. Is well, small ball versus... Too many know. home runs kind of. Like, not having any right. options kind right. of sucks. Right. Did you know anything about this, Andrew? <laughs> that, that Ty Cobb <laughs> is sort of the catalyst for... Labor, labor solidarity yeah. in sports? Absolutely not. What you just said about Cobb being kind of... Ken Burns does the same thing with Cobb in his great baseball documentary where like he he tells Cobb how he is, but it's almost like he's, oh, he's just a product of the times. He's No, nah, he was a fucking racist, asshole, dirty player who was really great in his time. Where again, like you've alluded to earlier, like there's not... He's the best of a very like finite crop of of baseball players. There's like no I mean, we also didn't mention because I was going to get into it, but I, I didn't want to run too long. That he and Tris Speaker supposedly conspired to throw a game, and Ben Johnson said, "Yeah, we're not even looking at that. Like we're not even talking about that. Like no. this was this was Jordan's baseball sojourn. Like if you listen to the Bill Simmons theory that." He was actually suspended for two years, right? Um, right. Which I don't believe he was because no. I don't think Daniel Stern would have ever suspended him. But no. to watch Johnson, who is deservingly in the Hall of Fame, like he he created this league, he kind of walked it through some really hard times by trying to do the right thing. But like Ty Cobb made no sense to him at all. Like he just didn't understand how a human being could be that way, and. The Johnson-Ty Cobb relationship is a really interesting dynamic. I mean, yeah, Cobb. Like, the only background sound allowable on the Bill Bradley Collective. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, beer opening, it. yeah. I mean, Cobb is like kind of a sociopath in, in a lot of ways, right? Like, he's just this... I, I don't, yeah, I, it seems you know. like he didn't understand, like, why would someone do this? Why would someone behave this way? Why would somebody, like, take this offense to this you, statement? You know, Bill, Bill James does this great piece on him where there's this picture that he shows... Uh, in the historical abstract, where he's got on this suit that remotely doesn't fit. Like, it's not it's not close. And he's sitting in the dugout, and he's looking to come out because they're going to introduce him, and it's like an old-timer's day, but it's in April, so it's cold. And the look in his eyes is crazed. And he said, James writes, that you think that he just imagines that if he'd go back 15 years and play ball, that this awkwardness would go away. That the only place he felt comfortable in the world was on a baseball diamond where everything was understandable. And to him. Uh, and I think that that, I always thought that that made a lot of sense. I don't know that much about Cobb. I'm not reading this uh, biography that, that it, you know, Says, oh, he was the greatest guy who ever lived, and really, he was mm-hmm. like he and Frederick Douglass hung out. Like, it's not. Gonna, I'm not reading that book, but like, I just feel like it, 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 he's he's a guy that doesn't almost doesn't exist anymore. Like, just these people that come from from these farms and show up. Well, maybe they do. Maybe it's Lenny Dykstra we talked about last week. Like, it's just he's not corrupt. He's just horrible. Yeah, just a bad person. I think your dollops, because this isn't the first one we've gone to like early 20th century, late 19th century baseball, have shed more light on that era than, think about like Hollywood, and we've talked about Field of Dreams on this era. Yep. All Hollywood wants to do is romanticize this this era, this this time and place, and like... 
Oh, here savage. it is. And here it is. The you know, kind of. This is how it was. This is actually. This the, is actually what the anti Costner. Yeah. By, by the way, <laughs> Which, that's a great compliment to pay. Yeah, by, to, by, no shade to Costner, but you know. Yeah, I'm not drinking my own urine like he does in uh, Waterworld. Um, oh, anyway, what a disaster that movie was. Um, Cobb was the first. Hey, he's the first sports celebrity. There are no sports celebrities before him. Even Jack Johnson's after him. Like Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, they're after him. He's the first guy who gets endorsements. Um, even Honus Wagner doesn't get endorsements as fast as Cobb does. And sec- Cobb Anson gets some, but not national endorsements. And secondly, Cobb took his money and invested most of it in Coca-Cola, which was a Georgia stock, and very early General Motors. Wow. And became a multimillionaire because he had invested his money so well, setting an example that tens of thousands of athletes have fucked up since then. But, like, he ends up a millionaire because he invested in two Also, do stocks. your math. Do your math. Two 750 stocks. was five grand. Right. Do your math. Yeah. Two stocks he invested in. a millionaire. In. Coca-Cola and General Motors. Those are his two stocks. That That's a good parlay. That's not a bad parlay. That's a good parlay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, with that, we are ending our, our just... Another further story about early turn-of-the-century baseball, which I love more than life itself. And we will see you next week on a regular episode of the Bill Bradley Collective.